Hello, welcome to What Theatre Means to Me. My name is Todd Dugan and I'm a musical theatre performer and also now a podcaster and producer. In this podcast, I get to sit down with actors and creatives and have honest chats about their journeys into theatre, their experiences and what it means to them working in this industry. For the first episode, I got to chat with my wonderful friends, Georgia Dixon and Sarah Workman. Georgia is a musical theatre performer who graduated Italia Conti with me in 2021, most recently seen in a play called Ella Mossonary at the Waterloo East Theatre in the middle of last year. Sarah is an actor musician graduating Rose Bruford in 2014, who was most recently seen in Sugarcoat at the Southwark Playhouse. So, here is what theatre means to Georgia Dixon and Sarah Workman. Georgia Dixon and Sarah Workman. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, um, this is, as you know, I've chatted to you about you guys about this before, but it's essentially about people's different um, journeys into theatre. Everyone gets into theatre in different ways. Oh, they do. They absolutely do. <laughs> um, yeah, so Georgia, what was the first thing you remember seeing at the theatre? Um, so, first thing I saw was um, in Manchester, and it was the UK tour of Wicked when I was... I think I was about 13 years old because up until this point I just I always danced I never sang my brother was the singer of the family it wasn't my thing um and then when I was around like that age I realized I could sing and when I saw that show I was like that's what I need to be doing like that is I just I just thought the entire thing I just couldn't believe that something like that was real and that people could be paid to do that yeah I just thought it was Fascinating. So yeah, that was the first thing I saw. So was that the was that so that was the thing that it was like I want to do this as a career. Yeah, was that I just thought it was it was so cool, and I just I had two obviously my parents both had really stressful jobs, and from quite a young age I could kind of see how much they hated their jobs. Yeah, and I think it kind of set the president in my mind that like oh well you grow up and you hate your job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah, adults hate their jobs. Um, and I think happy it just Friday. happy Friday. <laughs> Cheers to that. Mm. Clink. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think it kind of set the precedent that like you know jobs can be fun, and if you have the ability to do something like that as like your work, yeah. like, how freaking cool! Absolutely, so, yeah. Thirteen-year-old G was mind blown. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What was the first thing you remember seeing at like, the theatre? I think the first thing that my parents took me and my sister to was the UK tour of Beauty and the Beast. Nice. But not the one that's just gone around, obviously. It was like, we're talking early 2000s when it first... Yeah, when it yeah, first went so around. Yeah, so I was probably about 10-ish, yeah. 10, 12-ish. Um, and I remember thinking, like, what a spectacle it was. And yeah. I'd never seen anything like it on stage before and being absolutely fascinated. Um, was, that was, a, was that at the hip? Yeah, Hippodrome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All those years ago, I put a little shirt on and like, <laughs> toddling on down to the Hippodrome. And... I won't tell you how old me and Todd were in the early 2000s, we'll make you too old, babe. Oh, yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> You're a 2000 baby, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I am. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. 
Feeling old yet, love. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So was that was that the moment you were like, this is what I want to do, or was there another show that went that made you feel like, oh, this is like, this um, is, I don't see myself doing anything else, kind of thing. I don't think it was necessarily something I saw. I was always a, a performer kid. Yeah. So I would always take any opportunity to perform for the family, for grandparents, for parents, for anybody that visited the house. <laughs> like, anyone that was willing to yeah, listen. Yeah, anybody like... that was willing to tolerate me and all my sister for <laughs> however long an amount of time they would give us. Um, and then I joined a drama group when I was about nine years old. Nice. Um, and I don't think I'd really thought about it before then, but then I started... Um, performing with this drama group and I think that was it yeah. and realising that it was something that I enjoyed something that I would like to pursue if I was if I had the chance to yeah. not knowing if it was an option or anything like that because I was so young um, but yeah I think it was that more than anything that I saw specifically I think it was just being a stagey kid from, yeah absolutely from a up. very yeah. early age um, and kind of that being supported and honed through drama groups and stuff Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, I, I, so from that, did you? How long were you with that drama group for? Were you there for like right into your teens or? And yeah. Then kind of... Yeah. Um, so I did my first show with them when I was nine. Right. And then I didn't leave them until I was about seventeen. Oh wow! Nice. So it was quite a long time. I did a lot of shows. We we performed all around Birmingham. Nice. Um, and I kind of learned a lot about how theatre and performance works through them. I didn't actually study drama until A level. Yeah. Because I thought, well, I'm I'm doing it outside of school, yeah. so I don't feel like I need to pick it as an option. Yeah, you're doing it quite practically all yeah, the time. Every so week. yeah. So I thought Absolutely. I probably don't need to do it at GCSE because I'm already doing it. Um, but then I thought, well, actually, if I do want to be able to pursue this. I probably do need to do it at A-level, so right, I, yeah. I did it at A-level, carried on with the drama group for a bit, um, kind of learned all the theory stuff that I hadn't got from that drama group, yeah. and went from there. And went from there? Yeah. Nice. So, Georgia, so from dancing, how did, then did you get into the, the singing part of it? Obviously, you, you were like, oh, I can sing, and your brother was the singer, but then you were like, oh, let's... <laughs> go for it how did then did you join drama groups and things as well or did you just stay with the dancing and do the singing at the side what kind of thing did, what did you get up to i think with me i was i wasn't the most confident kid believe it or not and it's going to come as a shock to uh, some yes <laughs> to some people. <laughs> um, and it really took like a lot of different people like not just family members like teachers and things to really like, all these people would say, oh, you've got a very nice voice. And I just did not believe it. Categorically did not think I could sing. Um, and then there was this, like, scheme at my high school where they would, like, if you showed an interest, they would, like, pay for your singing lessons. Oh, brilliant. That's so cool. I started singing lessons when I was 13. Um, and at this point, like, musical theatre just... At my school, it was something that was kind of made fun of, which is really sad. But it was something that was, like, you know, all the, the apt cast kids do, did... I think it was. I think it was in the, yeah. when we grew up at most. Like same at my school, really. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And around this time, the when I was thirteen, the film of Lamers came out. Yeah. So that's when that came out, and I remember seeing that with my grandparents. It's <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me again of how old I am. Uh -huh. One of my friends from drama school is in that film. <laughs> and I was thirteen when it came out. <laughs> 
I know someone in that film as well, actually. Fraffery. No, Fraffery, and also um, Jonathan Dudley. I don't know him, but I'm sure he's great. He was in Mormon and stuff. He was oh, in nice. Cinderella recently in um, town as well. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, he just did a few workshops at my college, but yeah, he was good. Everyone knows everyone in this industry. Oh, that is yeah. something you're. Hundred percent. It's very small. I didn't realize. Especially the actor muse world. That is. Yeah. I bet it. I bet it is. You're like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't realize quite how small until you leave until drama you, school. Until you graduate right into it, you're like, yeah. yeah whoa. But yeah. Um, so, um, the film of Blameless came out. Became obsessed with it. Obviously, um, Georgia Dixon, the ballad. Ballad queen. The ballad queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was born. <laughs> Um, and then two years later, a theatre group near me was doing Les Mis, nice. and I worked my little socks off because at this point in my life, like, not to, you know, not to get the violins out, but like as someone who did not enjoy high school at all, like theatre and music was like my outlet. Yeah. So absolutely. the fact that like you know a theatre place near me was doing a show that I loved so much, um, that was just like you know that was the best thing ever at that age, and you know I did that. And from there, I just it kind of solidified that like this is what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's where the where it all happened. That's cool. And so then, from doing your uh, drama level and things, and then doing um, lamers and things, how then did you broach the conversation to your parents of I want to go to drama school, <laughs> I want to do this as a career? How did that come? <laughs> how did that come about? How was how See, was that? I find this really interesting because. Me, my brother and my sister, all are in this industry, like all drama yeah. school trained, all sing, but we don't have theatre parents at all. Like, I grew up with kids who had like the pushiest, stagiest mums, yeah. like ever, and I remember thinking, oh my god, my mum literally has three kids who are in this industry and doing, you know, well in the industry at the time, yeah. like, you know, we were getting into the right schools and and things like that, and my mum just couldn't be, it wasn't that she was disinterested, she was just uneducated about it, she she let us do it because we loved it. Yeah, yeah. So when it came into, you know, when it came to audition of drama schools, I was kind of set up in the best way, because I had a mum who was very much like, you know, if you don't get in, it's not because of you, it's just because it's lots of competition, I felt no pressure to get in, so then when I did, it was just, it was like, great, happy days. It's a bonus, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that's kind of what kept my passion alive is because it it always came from me it always came from us we never had parents who were like pushy stagey mums yeah. and my grandma bless her my grandma is my biggest fan <laughs> I love her to bits but I think until I got into drama school again because just for just because of like lack of knowledge about the industry I don't genuinely think she thought I could do it not because she didn't believe in me but I think she just kind of thought it was this big far out thing that people from the north didn't get, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. From our little town. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of as soon as I did, it's she's kind of just been like, you know, number one fan, biggest supporter, mm. little groupie, you know. <laughs> little groupie. So, yeah. No, that's the thing, and I think mm. with, yeah, I, I, same really, my parents aren't really stages. They enjoy going to the theatre, but they're not really, like, Mm. They wouldn't. I, I wouldn't get into the car and my dad would be listening to Heather's, like, <laughs> like or like at all, like not at all. Um, and they'll, they'll go and see the big stuff. They won't bother about like they're, they're in London this weekend. They're going to see Shirley Valentine. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, they won't. They won't be bothered about fringe theatre and things like that, really. Um, 
but I think it's interesting having parents that aren't in the industry because then they, they don't know much about it but they're like if that's what you're passionate about like my parents were exactly the same mm. absolutely go for it like I had that support from from day dot from when I started yeah dance, dancing when I was six and then up from there it's the best way to be because you know I was I trained with a lot of girls who <clears throat> sorry losing my voice um, who parents you know raise them to think that the sun shine up their arse yeah. in the nicest yeah. way possible so then when it came to like that they just it doesn't prepare a child for rejection no it doesn't. if you're raised to think that you are the best thing since sliced bread rejection is going to come like a slap to the face do you mm. know what I mean oh gotcha and I, I always think I mean I'm, obviously I don't have a degree in how to parent your stage child but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think we should write a book how yeah, to let's, parent let's, your stage how child how to parent your stage child I just think um, the support I think three of us, like obviously from knowing the situations, we had the support in like the right way. Yeah, it was I never pushy. So. It was never forced. It was yeah. just there. And if I ever wanted to like stop doing it and not do it anymore, there was also that's 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 also fine. Like there was never any pressure to like, oh, we've put a lot of money into this, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like there was never that kind of oh, oh, you've gone too far in this now. Like it was always the option to pull out if I ever wanted to, which also made it more relaxing mm. almost to mm. go like okay like if I don't want to do this anymore that's fine but look, uh, I didn't think of wanting to do anything else really like most of us really so mm -hmm. that's it mm. what, what about you Sarah from sort of doing your A-levels how did you then sort of progress into kind of doing it as a career and uh, like the next the next stage how did you kind of um, it was very much the same in terms of my parents they they aren't stagey yeah. they aren't um well i mean my dad is very musical but he doesn't play anything right like okay. yeah, he yeah. appreciates music he could probably play drums if he was given the opportunity yeah he's the reason i've got the rhythm that i've got and yeah. like the kind of really eclectic taste of music that i've got they took us to see loads of musicals loads of pantos but they don't understand the industry really yeah, and yeah. i don't think they understood that me doing it as a career was a viable option yeah. i wanted to i think they were a bit because they haven't been to uni um yeah. i think they're a bit worried that i couldn't make a career out of it like it wasn't financially stable so, enough and yeah, all this so they didn't think that not because i wasn't good enough but they didn't think it was a realistic yeah. option to go to drama school so i kind of pushed it to the side and then when it got to sixth form i was like okay well I should probably go to uni and do something. Kind of want it to be creative. Kind of want it to be close to home. So I kind of half-assed applied to unis in my second year of sixth form because I felt like I had to. Yeah. Um, and then I got the lead in the school musical in year thirteen. Nice. Uh, Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. The youngest, the youngest Mrs. Lovett you will ever see. <laughs> um, and it wasn't till after I'd done that, that my drama teacher said, I don't say this to everybody, but I think you should consider drama school. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I thought like, well, what, do you really think it's worth a shot? And she's like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I withdrew all of my uni applications, took a year out, found the course that I wanted to do, yeah. as well as a few others. So I, I applied for five, yeah. um, but it was briefly that I wanted to go to because of the actor Muso yeah. course. Um, auditioned in my gap year, worked in that gap year, and 
you know, through I don't know what luck or anything, I got in first year. And of your talent, trying. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Talent plays part. <laughs> also, like, <laughs> luck in the fact that it was just before the fees went up. So yeah. I, I had the cheap fees for the last... Oh, that's nice. Yes, yes it was, yeah. yeah. Can't um, wait to pay back my 60000 a bit older sometimes. Yeah. Can't wait to pay back my £60,000 yeah, plus good. student loan. Honestly, jeez Louise. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I took that year out, and then at the end of that year out, I went to Rose Bruford yeah, for three years. Yeah. And best decision I made, I you know, got amazing training in how to be an actor, but also how to use all of my instruments in performance, which I never thought was an option yeah. until I found that this course existed. I always thought I'd have to pick one or the other. Yeah. So to be able to combine the two was just amazing. I, I think it's so nice to sort of mould them into this amazing kind of tool to have. Mm. It's so, it's so yeah. incredible. It's like the aid storytelling. It really, absolutely. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, and and every time yeah. I see Actor Muso things, I'm just, I'm just in awe because I'm mm -hmm. like, this is just really, it's, you could be seeing, for example, you could be seeing Wicked and there's an orchestra pit, but you've just basically took the orchestra pit Put them Chucked on, sta on stage, <laughs> stage and gone, there you go, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go, it's all in one place for you yeah. now, and it's so hmm. beautiful, it really is. Yeah, it? yeah, I didn't kind of learn really what the format entailed until I, I went there. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the way that music can aid a story um, and storytelling and ensemble work is just incredible, mm -hmm. it's yeah. like another level. Um, and when it's done right, it's beautiful. It is. Okay. Can I just say, public service announcement, as someone who's in the musical theatre industry, dating an actor muso is the best thing I ever did, because they're all so chill. <laughs> Absolutely, honestly, you walk into an audition room with a load of musical theatre people, and you walk into an audition room with a load of actor musicians, the vibe is so different. I bet it is. Oh I my god. Like, honestly, yeah, musical theatre audition is toxic. It where, really is. Oh my goodness, you walk into a musical theatre audition room and everyone's like, ah, and like singing on top of each other. <laughs> it's the whole, well, what are you singing? <laughs> oh, I've worked with the director no, you know, no, like, no, no, so no, many no. times. Like, And then uh, acting music, they're just, they're just there to get the job done. You know, yeah. just have a lovely time. Have a lovely yeah, time. Yeah. Everyone's just chilling, chatting to each other. No bad vibes. Talking about stuff. their instruments. If someone's got a really nice guitar, it'll be like, oh, that's lovely. Like, what's it like to play yeah. and all that? Like, so it's just really kind of. <laughs> I always say now, and from 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 being in a relationship with you, that I feel like I'm a musical theatre performer with an actor musician's head on my shoulders. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> because I'm just not here for drama, Todd. I'm not here for it. No, anymore. I'm not, and I think. Did three years of that drama school. <laughs> we absolutely did. Not anymore. But I, I also think you probably have a very different experience in musical theatre audition than I do. I think a, a, in terms of a, a male musical theatre audition is a very different world mm. in some ways. I mm. feel like it's a lot chiller. Like I went to one recently and we were kind of all kind of at the side sort of clapping one another and kind Aww. of supporting one another, which was really nice. And there was about 25 lads in the room. Wow. And we all kind of just kind of ended up going, like they'd finished dancing or whatever, and come over and they'd go, oh, that was brilliant, mate. And everyone mm. was kind of like that, which was really nice. Whereas, in, I suppose, in a room where you've got mm. 25 females, potentially, <laughs> could be a difference. Well, it's, it's interesting. Life. I've always said to Sarah Not how always, it's but... always the first round that it's like that. Yeah. And then you get to, like, recall the final round, and everyone's super chill. Even though the stakes are higher, it's almost like you're then in the room with kind of... I don't know, it's almost like you don't need to... I think 
the toxic vibe kind of comes from like people feeling like they need to prove themselves. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, and then yeah, once yeah. you're at like that second round or that you know third round, even though it, it probably feels like there's more pressure because you're closer to getting the role, I think in a way you have this less of a need to prove yourself. Yeah. You've already done it. You've done it. You've, you've done got it. you've got that you've got past that first round and they just want essentially that next point is then piecing the jigsaw yeah, together. Yeah, big, big jigsaw. Big. Yeah. And they're going, oh, that person and that person. Or maybe no, that person. That's all it yeah. is, really. So if I can give you any advice, listeners, date an actor muso, because they're great. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to date anyone in the industry, date an actor muso. <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend. 10 out of 10 but be prepared recommend. to have a house full of instruments and need an extra bedroom just for instruments. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we, we don't travel light is the only thing. No. Especially drummers, sorry. Oh my goodness, trying to, the <laughs> amount of times I've helped Sarah get that bloody drum kit into the, in and out of the house. Not as many times as my parents. And they're heavier than you think. No, no, they're bad. really freaking heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad, oh bless you. Oh that's brilliant. So in terms of like after sort of graduating drama school, what and sort of being now through us being in the industry what other sort of big highs and lows that you remember because it can be really it can be really tough it mm-hmm. really and like like we've like me and georgia have been out of it for just under two years mm-hmm. but there's points where i go flipping heck like mm-hmm. this is a lot and you yeah. and you've waited a long time out of an audition or you or you've kind of i don't know you've um gone a, done an audition it's gone really you think it's gone really well and then you just don't even hear a thing and you go oh mm-hmm. great and mm. you've sort of your mind plays games on you and that kind of thing so what are the sort of career highs and career lows <laughs> currently for you guys we'll start with sarah this time. um there have been a few things i think to be honest whenever you get to perform a piece that you're really passionate about yeah that is always a high no absolutely um there have been a couple of jobs where you know they're, they're up there with my favorite jobs and because they're really important stories and amazing characters, yeah. um, amazing music, and that's when you kind of feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You made the right choice. Like this is exactly what I want and need to be doing. Yeah. So that's lovely. I've made amazing friends. Yeah. On every job that I've had, I've met incredible people, made amazing connections, and um, amazing friends. Yeah. Um, so I've got friends all over the country now from That's the work really that nice. I've done, which is lovely. Um, the lows, I would probably say, like, when I first started out, which was uh, years ago. <laughs> um, How many years ago? Eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we must be precise about it. Um, there was no such thing as the yes or no policy, yeah. which... Obviously, they're still trying to implicate. Not everybody does it. Yeah. More people, a lot more people do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will, will give you no's as well as yeses than did when I graduated in 2014. So every job I went up for back then, you would only find out you didn't get it by seeing the cast announcement. Yeah. And you go, oh. Oh, right, okay, well, I didn't get that then. Yeah. Okay, well, that ship sailed. Great, that's closure. <laughs> Lovely, you know, public social media closure yeah. on that job yeah. that I qu- would quite like to do, yeah. never mind. Um, you should comment on, whenever you see a post, you should just comment saying, 
Oh, so I didn't get that then. <laughs> Just a thumbs up. Thanks, Thanks for the email. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> this is the thing, like, in no other industry would you ever be left hanging. Yeah. Any other job interview, in any other sector, you would get a no. You would, you would. So why is it any different yeah. for us? And this has been going on for years and years and years, and, it, and yes, it is getting better, but there was still a way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So like, when we first started out, yeah, that the rejection never gets easier. Yeah. Um, you just learn how to deal with it better and move on from it quicker. Yeah, but I absolutely. wouldn't say it ever gets easier, especially when it's a job you're really passionate about. Yeah. Um, what are the hard bits? Working with difficult people yeah. is hard. <laughs> Name and shame. This this guy? No. No. Oi. Um yeah, <laughs> and be like feeling like you're stuck in a job where no, of course. there is a difficult creative or a difficult cast member, that yeah. is hard. And how do you kind of because you're contracted to do the job, so how do you do that and not let it affect you yeah. in too much of a negative way? Um But I mean I, I love this job. Yeah. When you get to do it. Yeah. That's the thing, like, you know, you have to learn how to kind of balance your time and what you do in the downtime and is that kind of helping your mental health and keeping the kind of cogs turning and all that stuff. It's conversations that we've had quite a lot, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just really fun. Yes. It's just a really fun it's job. It's really fun. When you, when you get to do yeah, it. Yeah, when you get to give it a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Georgia? What are the sort of the current career highs and lows for you? I think my biggest one would be my first job being a play because I feel like when you're at drama school whether it's yourself or whether it's you know certain teachers I feel like you can very much get put into a box of like oh they're a dancer or they're you know they're a sing their strength is singing or whatever and it's not that I ever I don't know I think I just I never assumed that I would leave drama school my first job would be a straight acting role yeah so when it was it kind of solidified in myself that was like you know you don't need to put yourself in any box you know yeah. you can do 100% a musical just as much as you can do a play and the people that I met on that job was just incredible I'm not going to name drop <laughs> um, but really really cool people and I think it just it it gave me so many more tools to work with because obviously yeah. you know we learned so much at drama school but I think that's almost the whole point we learned we had so many different classes every single week and we were all tired and we can were all can be really drained. overwhelming can't it because exactly, you're doing nine yeah. to six Monday to Friday and you're like I've done 15 different classes <laughs> in the last hour and then you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. and you can't physically like zone in on one of those in that much detail so when you work on straight acting like that in a rehearsal room yeah. for that length of time I think it just it taught me we had brilliant acting teachers at our drama school, don't get me wrong, but it just it just opened up an entirely different no, absolutely. skill and I feel like it's made me a better musical theatre performer, I feel like it's made me a better actor in, in general um, and I think it's just kind of given me the confidence to know that, you know, the self-doubts that I maybe once had was just that horrible inner voice that we yeah. all have. Um, and then I'd say the other big high was probably searching for representation because not only did I get a great agent out with it who you know gets me seen for the, the stuff that I want, want to get seen for 
when I was looking for representation, I found Sarah. So, because yeah. um, um, <laughs> yeah, that's literally, that's literally our love story. Um, Sarah's agent posted about Sarah when she got a job, yeah. and that's how we kind of found each other. Slid into my DMs. Slid into DMs. And so the that's rest is history. yeah, that's a, a massive high. And then um, in terms of the the lows, I. I I really wouldn't say there's many, if anything, I'm the happiest I've ever been since leaving that training bubble, and that's not because I didn't have brilliant friends and brilliant teachers. I just think being in that high-pressure, constant comparison mm. environment was just not it good for toxic. me. It is toxic. Yeah, you're learning your craft, but it is a toxic environment to yeah. do so. It is. No matter how how much you sort of have really good teachers, really good friends, it's that whole kind of... It's just there's so much pressure There's so much pressure on it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And even just like, you know, being in front of mirrors all day, every day, like, I feel like when I left, yeah, the only horrible. low that I'd say, because <clears throat> I, I think going back to like the whole parents thing, I've, ca- I've kind of been conditioned to deal with rejection very well my yeah. whole life, which I'm very grateful for. But I think just trying to like unlearn all the insecurities that I maybe once had, you know, when you're out of that environment, I think sometimes you need that reminder of like, you're not there anymore. Like... Mm. You're your own product. Yeah. You represent, I know we have representation, but we do represent ourselves in we, a way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can literally do whatever we, we want and be creative in any way we choose. And I think that's just really freeing. Yeah. And just kind of acknowledging that we can do that now. It's just absolutely. really fun. And then the best thing really is, an age, uh, the, uh, best, the great agents are the ones that sort of, aid you in supporting the journey that you want to go on yeah. you kind of chat to them and go this is how I would like to see my career going and that kind of they go great and then they help you do that yeah that's, mm-hmm. and that's I think we've all kind of got a similar relationship with our agents which we're all happy with and kind of going yeah yeah absolutely is, mm. yeah. she's a star she is a star <laughs> we won't name drop her but she's a star she is a star <laughs> a nice um, realis- realisation for me after leaving drama school was oh yeah we're not being marked anymore yes oh my <laughs> like, god my every move everything that comes out of my mouth everything i do is not being marked anymore yes there's reviews and they're another thing but you can choose whether you read your review- yeah. reviews or not you don't have to listen to that yeah you don't and actually it's very subjective and 100%. it's one person's opinion on a whole show it's not determining your career, it's not like affecting any marks or anything yeah. like that. So that was a lovely realisation coming from training into the industry was that like you can relax. Because yeah. <laughs> like nobody is like watching and judging your every move anymore. They yeah. know you can do the job, that's why they've given you the job. Yeah. That's it's just a nicer this is just it's just nicer. No, I absolutely. worked with um, a wonderful woman on my last job and some of the best advice she gave me, because she doesn't read reviews. In fact, the reviews that I got for the play, Sarah read for me, and if they were bad, she wasn't going <laughs> to. But they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. So but she just said you have to take the good, as well as the bad. Mm. So she just doesn't read any. So if you don't read any, you never know. Yeah. Like well, you know, it's, it's not good news or bad news. You just carry on and the you stay humble. Just be and ignorant and bliss. Yeah. Yeah. And just, exactly. yeah. And just go. I'm enjoying this job. That's all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The audience seem to enjoy be yeah. enjoying it, and that's all that matters. Because. The thing is, it's so subjective. Like I've seen Sarah in some absolutely incredible shows, and not not even just like from a bias point, because I'm very very brutally honest with Sarah. And there's been things that I thought were absolutely amazing that you know there's been a certain critic who has you know 
not have the nicest things yeah. to say about it. And I think just every single play and musical is different. Like, Lame is got awful reviews at one point, and it's yeah. one of the longest running musicals. That's the thing, um, like Sarah said, it's completely subjective. It is, it's it's one person's opinion. opinion. Yeah, so I don't think reviews have to be a make or break moment for an actor. No, I completely agree. As long as you're passionate about it. Because you got the job for a reason. Yeah. As long as you are enjoying what you do. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Absolutely. It's very wholesome, isn't it? Yeah. Very wholesome. Uh, very uh. wholesome. Um, oh, God, one of the final question. That was quick. Um, so, my last question is, so have you got, either of you got any... Um, advice for kind of people either wanting to get into the industry or people that have just graduated or people about to graduate um, any sort of advice that you've coming out of drama school you've gone okay this is a little tip that I've I've learned or a little kind of little pocket of wisdom kind of thing any any advice you've got my biggest one and I say this to everyone uh, don't be a dick <laughs> Yeah. That is honestly like, it's my mantra for life. Is don't, don't be, be a dick. dick. And honestly, some people find it so difficult. They do. They but do. you will get, you will get a long way just being a nice person, and it's yeah. not a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, I try and just keep that. That is my main mantra, and it has been through my whole career. Is just don't, don't be a dick. Like yeah. you know what you can do. Crack on and do it. Be a nice person, and you'll be alright. Yeah. Um. Yeah, don't be afraid to network, don't be afraid to email people, yeah. reach out on Twitter. Um, Twitter especially, I've got jobs off Twitter. Yeah. Um, so like, Twitter is a great tool, by the way. Yeah, it is. Really, ne- in terms really of networking, is. It really, it's really is. really, really good. I, I got sugarcoat from a Twitter post. Yes, that's brilliant. And then three years down the line, I'm doing a second run of it. Yeah. So it's absolutely worth, you know, don't be, a, don't be afraid to sub yourself for things if you see it before your agent does. Um... Absolutely, and I think don't be a, don't be a dick. Such a, a nice one because you can just go, <laughs> such a nice way of saying no. <laughs> such a nice phrase. But don't I, be a dick. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. Like people who are really talented but are a complete knob mm-hmm. will will not have a, a the longevity of their career. Well, no, they? because the word gets around. That's, really yeah, quickly. and they'll be blacklisted yeah. like that, yeah. and then that's it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to be <laughs> yeah. be humble, be nice, be pleasant. Be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It'll get you get you a long way, I think. I yeah, agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's really not much effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I Just be agree. a nice person. Yeah. yeah. What about you, G? Uh, for me, I think it's. I don't know. I mean, don't be a dick. Was a really good one. How do I top that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I agree. It's a good one. Maybe just to remember that it's, it's not that deep. In and I'll I will expand on blame <laughs> but um don't expect things to happen straight away like you have to remember that you are a new grad people you know aren't automatically going to know who you are yet so don't be worried if you're not getting auditions straight is away strange like a lot of things that i've told you <laughs> i'm recycling the advice wisdom I mean, <laughs> but yeah um it takes time to to kind of make those connections. Like, I remember when I first graduated, I wasn't getting, you know, tons of auditions. And then, you know, I, I did my first job and then I started getting lots of auditions yeah. and, you know, kind of meeting the right people. But also to remember that, you know, you're, you're one actor 
out of God knows how many, and you're one headshot on Spotlight out of fuck knows how many. Yeah. Wow. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, trying to keep PG thirteen. You so, don't need the explicit content message on it now. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, you're one headshot out of <laughs> so many um, on on Spotlight, and I think it's just important to remember that it's not always because you can't do the job or that you don't look right for the job. It's just because a lot of other people do as well. So have faith in yourself, have faith in your agent, and it will happen at some point if you keep working hard and you keep grinding, and as well just being passionate enough about the job to stick with it even if it's not happening right now. And yeah, I think that's, you, you can't really go wrong if you stay humble, stay kind, work hard, and to not give up just because, because the thing is, and this is coming from me, I'm, I've always been a sensitive soul, um, but it's, it's not the industry to be in if, if you're not tough and yeah, you need, you well, have you, to. You build up a resilience very, very quickly. 100%. And as soon as you learn it's not about like, you not getting the job, it's not about you, it's much easier to swallow mm. and it, it happens it's to the best of people. It really it's, isn't. It's a massive, massive jigsaw. Yeah. Any show is a huge jigsaw that you they're trying to make you a part of and actually you know when you go a good thing to remember as well when you audition is the panel are on your side they oh, yeah. want you to get the job 100 percent. Really you're doing. making their job easier like you know it shortens their day if they find somebody in you like they are rooting for you they want you to do well yeah and it's a really good thing to keep in mind in the room because it can be terrifying it can be really daunting okay. but if you think well actually they want me to get this or else I wouldn't mm -hmm. be here. Yeah. And I don't think that's something we're taught at drama school. Is I came out of drama school thinking that audition rooms were this big scary thing and casting directors were to be feared. And it's just <laughs> not like not. that at all. They're lovely. They are so, I, all of them. Yeah, every, every single, single one. The so loveliest nice. people. They're on your really side. Are. You know, I can, only, I can count on one hand with one finger, one audition that I've had where I've not had, you know, the nicest experience. And they're going to happen when you audition as much as actors do. Not every single audition is going to go the way you want it to go. But, you know, I, I literally have so many favourite casting directors. I can't pick one mm, because they're yeah. always all so nice. So don't don't be so scared. You know, they need you as much as you need them. Absolutely. Exactly. And if you're not right for this job, they'll go, they might be casting something else in six months and mm. go, oh, that person, we really liked that person, yeah, exactly. but they just didn't fit and then they invite you back in. And then that might be the job for you. You mm -hmm. just never yeah, know. That does happen. Really and you've already happen. won just by getting in the room. Like I was saying before, you I know, agree. so many people get submitted for every single job. So if you're being seen for something, they already think you could be right for it. Mm. Mm. I so, always say that. I always say, yeah. uh, like, as long as I'm being, as long as I'm getting auditions and being seen, I am more than happy. I yeah, really absolutely. Am. That's all you can ask for. Absolutely, and it will happen. And sometimes you'll find. And think of words. <laughs> this is doing really well. That sounds like a really like poignant thing. Ah. <laughs> the most. This is what I was going to say. The most special jobs will come up when you least expect it. Yeah. I like it. You know, I am very very grateful for the for my first job, and it's something that I'll always hold very close to my heart. Even though it wasn't a West End show, it wasn't a, a massive tour, but it was so special. And you do the work because you love it. Absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs>
Well, guys, that was so lovely. Thank you so much Thank for chatting with us. me. We're going to get um, takeaway now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Friday night, baby. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you for stop having the record. And that was episode one. Thank you so much to Georgia and Sarah for being a part of my first podcast. Be sure to check out what's in store for them next. Their futures are bright and joyous and be sure to keep an eye out on what they're doing next. This has been a Dugan production. Thank you so much to Acast for hosting our podcast as well. Uh, Thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Take care.